Mike Rags and Todd Burlich with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. It is time for another Blue Gold Report. We are back with uh, another May edition. Look at this. Two shows in May when they say it's slow. It's not slow. I'm Mike Rags. Going to bring in Todd Burlich here. As always, the Blue Gold Report brought to you by D.O. McComb and Sons Funeral Homes. Uh, and, of course, wherever you found us, whether this podcast, make sure if you did find a podcast, you share us, you rate and review us. And, of course, we're on every Saturday morning on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. We have a third uh, host in this show. Hopefully he doesn't say anything. <laughs> and that is my dog Brody, who's made it to... Uh, who's a Notre Dame fan, nonetheless. Uh, he wanted to be named Brady. I, I refuse to do that. I'm not going to do that to him. <laughs> he's, th- he's thinking Quinn, but if I ever named the dog Brady... People will be like, all my Jeff fans out there would disown me. But no, he's named Brody after... Uh, after uh, I'm going to need a bigger boat, Brody. All right. Uh, I did a little personal note about myself, but I figure if he barks, we'll have a reason. It's not Todd barking or me barking. <laughs> Don't be, be so sure. Um, Todd, we've got recruitment news, a lot of it out there. And obviously, it, it always seems like now there's recruitment seasons 24-7, sure. 365 now. There's always a week where there's someone getting signed. Someone who was going to go there is going to go there now. Who was here is going to go there. So it's an ever-flowing, evolving uh, season now for recruitment in any sport. Yeah, for sure. And this is where you kind of make your hay. You know, the summer camps will be coming up. More offers will be extended. So some kids kind of want to lock in before, you know, maybe the competition rises. I'm going to give you sort of a a breakdown when we get to this recruiting segment just to show you how national Notre Dame is able to recruit. I have a list of where all the coaches are right now, and they are all over the place. And that's that's their argument for not joining a a conference, is they can go all over the place. And we're going to break down um, some of the positions here as we continue to do. Uh, We're going to look at the linebacker position, look at their defensive depth chart, Uh, you know, where once we knew what was going to happen at linebacker, now a lot of question marks with, you know, when you lose two of the best, you're going to wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah, that certainly has been the storyline of the entire spring. And, and heading into spring season, and it will continue to be through the summer and into fall camp for sure, is how are they going to solidify this linebacker spot. We've talked about it at length. This is going to be a little bit more of a detailed breakdown of what the entire defensive depth chart looks like, and it will include some of that uncertainty at linebacker. All right, Todd, uh, as we always do, we start the show with Blue Gold Nuggets, and I know you've got a little bit of a handful here. Was it? We got four here, we got five, what do we got? This is a four-pack, right. Rags, one extra, an extra nugget this week. Uh, start with DJ Harvey. Speculation met reality last week uh, when the former Notre Dame swingman said that he's going to transfer from Notre Dame to Vanderbilt. Uh, he'll have two seasons of eligibility remaining. He'll obviously have to sit out that year. You know, uh, 6'6", forward, one of the top recruits all time, probably the best recruit Mike Bray's ever landed here. As a matter of fact, he was rated as high as number 21 uh, by some services. Never really panned out. Some of that was injuries. I didn't find him to be as le- as athletic as he was sort of cracked up to be when he came here from DeMatha High School. He had um, moments. Let's just say that. He, he did had have moments. moments. Uh, really, that knee injury did him in. Did, him in. Uh, did average 10.7 points, 4.2 boards uh, in about 26 minutes per game last season. Didn't shoot particularly well, 39% from the field. Um, interestingly, Harvey's now the third Irish transfer since the 16-17 season. Um if you remember former Irish swingman Matt Ryan, he also he transferred to Vanderbilt. He actually played there last year. Well, did okay. Got about 25 minutes a game. Uh, adequate numbers there. Um, 
he's moving on again. <laughs> uh, Ryan's moving to Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, and then Elijah Burns, a senior team captain, um, from uh, he transferred last year to Siena. So, you know, Mike Bray has always been able to keep his roster rhythm just right. It's something he took great pride in. But, man, he's getting all kind of jum- jumbled up now with uh, defections and injuries and whatnot. Speaking of hoops and some good news on the hoops front, they were able to dedicate that new practice facility, um, the Rolfs Athletic Hall. Yep. Beautiful. Rags, this is so beautiful. Um, 77,000 square foot video rooms, team rooms, you name it. It's being shared by the men's and women's basketball team. Full therapy floor, practice, two separate practice gyms. Um, it, it's gorgeous. It really is a gorgeous facility and much overdue. Mike Bray's been begging for this for decades, not just years, <laughs> decades. Uh, the work began on this thing in January of 18, and now it's done. And good for them. They needed it. They got it. They make and, it so you don't want to leave it. So these kids get in there, and then they're they're dedicated to where they want to be because it's a lot easier to stay. Yeah, absolutely, Rags. And that was tough to recruit to when yeah. you know when because the old locker rooms at the you know that's that's was their home. You know, at Priscilla sure. Pavilion, they tried to spruce those up a little bit, but the practice facility was the pit. And I don't know if you've ever been to the pit, but it's a fitting name for that particular <laughs> uh, court. Uh, moving on to some football news. According to Sporting News, Ian Book rates as the number seven best quarterback in the country. Probably pretty uh, easy. That, seem, to get. that seems high. I, I, know, I hate to keep cutting off your nuggets, but that seems kind of high. <laughs> it's it's fine. <laughs> Better those nuggets than the other nuggets, Rags. <laughs> uh, needless to say, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, rated in as number one. Tua Tagio Viola, uh, number two from Alabama, and Jake Fromm, number three from Georgia. Interestingly, Notre Dame's opponents are quite well represented on this list. It's a top 25 list. Uh, Virginia senior Bryce Perkins, he's rated as number 18, uh, had a good year last year, uh, one of only two quarterbacks uh, to rush for 20, or I'm sorry, pass for 2,500 yards and rush for 900, the other being Kyler Murray. You ever heard of him? Uh, Stanford quarterback KJ Costello, he's the number 15 quarterback on this list. That kid's good. Yeah, Shea Patterson comes in at number eight. And then I mentioned Jake Fromm. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame plays Georgia. He's number three on the list. Uh, sort of going off script here a little bit. The last Cincinnati football team that Brian Kelly coached in 2009 will be inducted into the University of Cincinnati Athletics Hall of Fame. Obviously, that was an undefeated team, 12-0 and uh, in the regular season. They did lose in the Sugar Bowl, uh, 2010 Sugar Bowl. I'm trying to remember. Was that Florida, maybe? I can't exactly remember. Uh, but anyhow, um, Brian Kelly, actually, the the ceremony is going to be on Notre Dame's bye week, and apparently Brian Kelly's going. going. Yeah, he's going to go wow. to this thing. So so good for him. Kelly coached there for three seasons, as we all know, finished with a 34-6 and record. So pretty impressive stuff at Cincinnati, and those are your blue gold nuggets. I got one here, and I'm not sure if you brought this up or not, but it came down, I saw it in the news this week, a Notre Dame women's basketball team. They got a good gig if you can get it on Thanksgiving weekend. Did you see this? They're going to Cancun? Yeah, how about that? Oh, my that? God. They're playing in the two ni- 2019 Cancun Challenge. Uh, boy, oh, boy. November 28th, 130, uh, going to be at uh, Florida Gulf Coast. They're going to play, uh, who's in this thing? Uh, FGCU. South Dakota State and South Florida. Uh, they're in the Mayan division there, uh, Todd. So nice. uh, while we're hopefully having a mild Thanksgiving <laughs> watching football, they'll be playing in the uh, in the warm Hard Rock Hotel 
Riviera Maya, homeboy, November 28th through the 30th. Let's get our tickets, Rags. Yeah, you know what? That's not a horrible idea, but <laughs> I'm sure we're not the only one thinking about doing so. All right, uh, Todd, let's, uh, like I said, this recruitment, see, we, we, we think you're in season. You're not. You're always in season uh, with when you're getting uh, not the, just the 19, the 20, the 21, the 22. So let's talk about, you know, I know you had a, a clip here of uh, Polian talking about recruitment. Well, what, are, what are we going to learn here? This is, I mean, you know, I'm not here to try to break down targets and recruits. I will mention that Notre Dame this week signed Tosh Baker. He's a six foot eight offensive lineman out of Phoenix, Arizona. He actually was Notre Dame's top offensive line target. So that's a get, a good get for him. That brings in, he's a 2020 kid. Um, so that's 10 recruits from the 2020 class, and Notre Dame ranks number six in the country, uh, according to 247 Sports. And, Brian Polian just talked at length about the advantages, the disadvantages when it comes to recruiting to Notre Dame. Obviously, the academics would seem like a disadvantage to a lot of people, but at the same time, Polian feels like it's an advantage on the other side as well. Because if a kid is willing to take on those academics, he's going to be willing to work hard. He's going to work his butt off to kind of try to stay eligible and everything that goes into that. And he's going to make himself better. He's going to stay committed. So Polian talks a little bit about that. And it's just interesting when you look at the recruiting dynamics. Okay, Notre Dame, they're not bringing in top five classes. They, they just haven't under Brian Kelly for obvious reasons, Rags. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, weather, academics, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? Uh, Harvey Pennick, he's an old golf coach, and he had a great saying that I thought was apropos when it comes to football recruiting as well. He said, the important question is not how good your good shots are. It's how bad are your bad ones. Brian Kelly has not had any bad ones when it comes to recruiting, okay? Coming off the 4-8 and eight season in 2016, you would have thought perhaps there would be a drop-off there. Sure. There really wasn't. Still a top 15 class. When you look at the last five years, Notre Dame, and this would be the five classes that actually make up the Notre Dame roster, you're talking about number 11, number 11, number 13, number 13, and number 11. Not too shabby. So you take all these B-plus classes, you mold them together, you develop your players, and next thing you know, you're in good shape. And Notre Dame recruits nationally. We know that. Again, maybe a little tricky because you have to go in a lot of backyards to find these guys. But right now, Rags, uh, offensive line coach Jeff Quinn, he was in Denver. And then he was in Arizona recruiting Tosh Baker uh, to get him there. And then he's heading northwest. There's a lot of targets in the great northwest here that Notre Dame's looking at. Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee and defensive back Terry Joseph, they're traveling together to Georgia and Florida right now. Wide receiver coach Dell Alexander, he's in Arizona. Brian Polian started his week in Texas, and now he's taken off to Hawaii, a trip that he makes pretty frequently as he's put a lockdown on talent there. And Todd Light, he's also working the Northwest for a couple defensive back uh, recruits there. So let's pop in Brian Polian. I just thought it was interesting because he talks at length about just sort of the dynamics of what it takes to recruit to Notre Dame and the challenges as well. I don't think it's an earth-shattering thought to think that when you're winning, recruiting goes okay. Um, But that said, we are looking for a very specific person here. Uh, And I think the type of guy that we want to recruit is not necessarily going to be dissuaded by the difference of 9-3, and 10-3 and last year to 12-0. and The person that we want that wants Notre Dame, I think, is is gonna is gonna pick us nonetheless, and, and I really believe that um, uh, I really believe that that we displayed that after putting together a pretty good recruiting class coming out of 16. Um, but ultimately, 
um, Coach Kelly's vision and his mission for our program and these traits that we try to display on a daily basis. Um, I think that when you um, have success on the field, it it validates those things. And obviously, when we can point to that in recruiting, it's it's helpful. Um, so ultimately, you know. I think we're looking for a very specific type of kid, though. Um, you know, and schools like us, Stanford, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, I don't think um, uh, the difference between two or three in the one loss record is necessarily going to swing a guy. I, I did mention earlier the one thing we discovered was that some people that may not have been interested in us in the er very early stages of recruiting all of a sudden were reaching out to us come November 1st. But um, we, we had pretty much honed down our focus by then on who it was that, that we wanted with us. It's, it's interesting. I, I believe right now we have 28 different states represented on our roster and a Canadian province. But um, our recruiting pool is not really as big as people think because the, the, the transcript will eliminate a, a lot of guys immediately. Uh, what we're gonna, what our university is gonna ask them to do as seniors academically will eliminate some guys automatically. So um, while we do cast a wide net, our pool is not necessarily as deep as some other schools. Yeah. We're not gonna have to recruit ten to one yeah. to to get guys. It, recruiting here is different, but recruiting here is fun. Yeah. Um, because you deal with really good kids, you deal with really good families. Mm -hmm. You know, and as, when he talks about the academics and whatnot, he's right. You know, there aren't, a, there really aren't soft majors at Notre Dame, right? Rags, you know, so you, you're not just trying to go to school, stay academically eligible, just barely, so you can get out of there and bolt for the NFL. You have to put in the time and you have to put in the work, and it does take a special and different kid to do that, and they certainly work hard. And another point that, that was not on that clip, the admissions office gets in very early for marginal recruits, right, as early as their junior year in high school. Gives them kind of a roadmap, a checklist on what they need to do to get admitted. You, okay, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to pass this. You're going to have to get an A here. And they lay it out very clearly for the kid. And as Pauline said, again, it's not on that clip. He said, you know what? If a kid says, I'm not doing all that, well, then you know he doesn't belong here. If he says, okay, I'm all in, let's get started then you know you have the right fit here. So I, th I enjoyed that interview with uh, Polian, so I thought I would share that with the gang. Well, just last week, too, they just re uh, re uh, revealed the academic scores for all the schools in the state, and, uh, you know, Indiana University does did pretty well. Notre Dame, it's based on a, a 1,000 uh, perfect score. Uh, Notre Dame fared, the football team didn't fare too well, posting a 966. Now, a lot of the reports I say, uh, much like Indiana basketball or any kind of basketball program, these guys leave early, sure. so they never it graduate. Goes, it works so, against them. So it works against them, but they did have 13 perfect scores, and one of them was in women's basketball. So um, Indiana University fared the best. Purdue and Purdue-Fort Wayne did pretty well. Um, but, it, you know, overall, the four scores in football it, average is 964. They got a 966. So they're right around the average for the entire country. Uh, but it just goes to show you that 
you know, when these guys leave, mm-hmm. it could help hurt their overall score. Um, and if they want to play pro ball, what are you going to do? Yeah, and it's happening more frequently, more frequently every year, where the guys are skipping that senior year and bailing, you know, with a year of eligibility sure. and not graduating. Now, a lot of guys like Jalen Smith, they come back and get their degrees eventually. But I think at that point, I don't know that they can factor that into those percentages. I just don't know. Reg. I don't even know too with the transfers too. If you go to another school, how long at you have to be at the other school for the count yeah. for them and not for you. So I don't know how that works. But you know, you bring up the twenty twenty that uh, that brings a total. Is that seven four star recruits? Yes, that's, that's not too shabby. I no, mean, not that's too it. shabby. That's not too shabby. They at don't all. they don't sign a lot of five stars, but they certainly make a good living on the four stars. All right, Todd. Uh, let's. Uh, but you know, we we. Have, we always seem to fill the show up with something. We're going to fill it up right now with the defensive depth chart. With you know, uh, Drew Frank will know. You know, we, we know the list of what we lost. What are we gaining here? What do we got? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In a word, we don't yeah, know. And Clark afraid. Lee doesn't know. Brian Kelly doesn't know. They went through spring dodging questions, basically saying we don't know. And I firmly believe that they don't know. Um, you mentioned Tavon Coney. He led Notre Dame tackles the last two seasons. Gone. Drew Tranquil, great player, great leader. Gone. Those obviously are huge shoes to fill. At this point, it looks like the Buck linebacker, and certainly that would be Drew Tranquil's spot. The sophomore looks to be in line to take that over. He played very sparingly last year. Jordan Jenmark Heath, a junior, will back him up at this point, and this is all very fluid, um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Jack Lamb, he was dinged up a little bit last year. I had to, I had to redshirt his freshman season and even lost the blue gold game. Um, he's he's the right build, he's the right guy, but he has to stay healthy, Rags, and that's been a knock on him. You know, obviously he's not going to be able to just step right in yeah. and, and spell a two-time captain in Drew Tranquil, uh, but certainly he's the guy, he's the next in line, so we'll have to wait and see there. And then Asmar Bilal, his, he's a fifth-year senior. He's the only senior they have, right, at linebacker? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he's going to come in and try to uh, replace Tavon Coney. Now, Bilal, he floated around a little bit. For a lot of the spring season, it looked like he was going to be that rover. He ends up moving inside here. Solid player, never a spectacular player. I mean, if he's a fifth-year guy and you're kind of like, who's he? Right. Then obviously, you know, perhaps. (laughs) But he's your guy. with He's your only linebacker with experience. So that's going to be the tricky uh, part. And speaking of rover, where is he here? Red rover, red rover. I cannot find him on my list. Um, Paul Mo- Meola? Moala? He Paul is Moala? backing up Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Gotcha. There it is. Rover. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the junior. And then, yeah, Meola, the sophomore, is back. He had a great spring. Yeah. Uh, they raved about him. Um, we, we didn't really know what was going to happen uh, in this spot because players were moving around, shuffling around. Meola was a safety at one point. Now he comes up here and is going to play some Rover. So, um, and, and then Koromoa. He actually missed a lot of last season uh, with a broken foot. So this is another, even even at the, out at the rover position, which is kind of that hybrid safety linebacker position, um, certainly there's a lot of uncertainty even out there. Now, where the certainty is and, and the talent really lies is up front here, especially at the ends when you're talking about Julian Aquara, a senior, and Khalid Kareem, a senior as well, two guys that Brian Kelly was able to lure back, thank goodness, because these guys both could have been high draft picks. Two of the best, a lot of people are saying this is obviously the heart and soul of the, not only the defense, but the team, and they're comparing him to the two, the defensive end duo in 1978 of Willie Fry, who was picked number 49 overall in the draft, a second rounder, and Ross Browner, who went wow. number eight. So that's pretty, that's pretty big company there. 
couple different styles of players. Aquar, he's long and lean and athletic and just an unbelievable. He he is a freak athlete. Now he did have a lot of sacks last year, but he also missed a lot of them. You know, he ended up with a lot of quarterback hurries where he missed out on sacks. Some people are calling for a 14-15 sack season, 20 more tackles for loss, really expecting some big things from him. And then Kareem, a little beefier body. He doesn't move quite as well, but he's a big dude and another great player. So Notre Dame in good hands there. When you move inside, uh, defensive tackle, uh, Myron Townjo V. Olaimoasa. Townjo V. Ola. Le um, Mimosa, Mosa. I really Todd's struggle with that Todd's basically saying, stop recruiting from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, because his backup's uh, Jason Adamaola, Lola. <laughs> so they make it tough on me at defensive tech. I was just going to skip over this position, these actually. Are all, these are all Todd. People are, he's not rooting for. So if they do really well, he's going to have to say these names a lot. It took him a while to get Eric Okabawale, but yeah, he's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Didn't have a choice there. That came up every show 50 times. Uh, but Myron and Jason, they are going to try to sort of uh, tag team and take over for Jerry Tillery, who was obviously the most disruptive uh, defensive lineman last year, especially on the interior, I should say, uh, that Notre Dame has actually had probably the last two years, actually, ended up a first-round draft pick. And these are a little bit easier than nose tackle. Looks like Kurt Heinisch, uh, the junior, is going to start, and Jacob Lacey, a freshman, will back him up. Short on bodies here at the nose tackle position. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Heinisch really made some strides late last year, did a really nice job um, for sure. You know, he wasn't in a starting role. It was sort of spot work, Rags. So we'll have to see how he handles that and if indeed he can hold on to that. Cornerback's in great shape here, uh, especially with Troy Pride, the senior. Yep. Uh, he should. He really should be among the nation's best cornerbacks uh, in, in the same way Julian Love was. A little bit of uncertainty at the other cornerback with Houston Griffith. They bounced him around. He was. He was a. He started at corner, then he was a safety. Now he's back to being called the starting corner. These guys will be backed up by uh, Sean Crawford, a fifth-year senior, and Dante Vaughn, a guy that really, really struggled against Clemson uh, in the uh, in, in the bowl game there in, in the playoff game. So we'll have to wait and see if Houston Griffith. They can't. This guy's supposed to be a superb superstar athlete, but they can't seem to find a home for him just yet. Safety really steady here with Alohi Gilman. He's going to be a team captain for sure, and Jalen Elliott, a great one-two punch there. Uh, probably two of the better safeties Notre Dame's fielded together in a long time. Uh, I believe both of them will be pros, too, as well. So, uh, especially uh, Elliot. I mean, I'm a big fan of... Well, they're both, they're both going to be good pros, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, a lot of question marks there, and a lot of you know freshmen, we don't know who's going to emerge and do what, and even if they're going to get to the field. Yeah, uh, and, and Kyle, uh, Kyle Hamilton, obviously a hot-shot freshman at safety. Yep. He'll certainly find some playing time as well. He'll, he'll back those. You know, when you, when you look at the front and the back, you're in pretty good shape, it would appear, front and back, yep. but that, the, the mid, the belly of this defense is where really most of the question marks lie. Yeah, when you look at the offense, it's really pretty well set. You know, there aren't a lot of question marks on the offense. Um, but when you look at defense, all eyes go to that linebacker, and we'll just have to keep watching and see how they play. And hopefully, it doesn't get exploited too bad. And you know, but I think the talent up front might help protect those linebackers once the time comes. I agree, and I think it's just the fact that we had that was our strength to have it depleted like that. Then, then it feels like a bigger hole. You never know. Once these right. guys play her to the field, you'll see what happens. All right, Todd. I mean, uh, that went quick. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, another show in the books. Uh, don't forget wherever you found us, you uh, share, rate, and review us. And we're always brought to you by D O McComb and Sons Funeral Homes, and to all our friends on ESPN Radio 1380 100. 100- Point nine FM. Thanks for spending Saturday morning with us, Todd. 
We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, my friend. This has been a presentation of Optin Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.